Hey, this is Tom, and before we get started, I wanted to share something pretty cool with you. I host my podcast on Buzzsprout, and Buzzsprout implemented a new feature called Fan Mail, which I want to try out. So what that means is if you go to the show notes for any episode, including the one you're about to listen to, there's a little link that says send a text message, and you can click that and just send a quick message, and that's pretty cool. Do not overthink this. It can just be a thought that you have. It can be as informal as a text message. You would send a friend. We could be friends, right? I'm super excited about this because it's always sort of tricky to figure out like how to communicate via podcasts that don't have traditional comment sections and things. Of course, there's always the regular email and the speak pipe link on HiMyNameIsTom.com. But if you want to send a quick message, you can just click the send a text link and send me some mail. Now I'm going to send you to the episode. Welcome, my name is Tom. This is the Enthusiasm Project Season 5, Episode 13, I think, because I completely forgot right as I was about to say that, but I believe it's Episode 13, which is also, fun fact, series, you know what, let me look this up just so I'm not giving you false information right off the start, which is uh, something I should have looked into before starting. Yes, this is Episode 13, Series Episode 97, so this is actually the 97th total episode, which is crazy. And that means we're coming up on the big 100 in just a few weeks. And today I wanted to do something uh, something fun, something a little bit different, <laughs> something that uh, highlights highlights sort of some interesting stories and interesting things that have happened just over the past few years to me and that involve some of you and also involve uh, at least one other person's voice and audio and all that kind of stuff. You'll You'll see where we're going with this. Um, before we jump into that, though, let's definitely talk about audio and microphones and all that kind of stuff, because I'm using something very different today, something I've never used before, and I'm I'm hoping that you that you like it, but I'm using right now, the microphone is the Warm Audio, oh crap, what's it called? The WA-47 Junior, <laughs> uh, which is, if you watch, not... The most recent couples table as I'm recording this episode, but the one prior to that, Heather and I did some microphone tests because Warm Audio, which is also uh, 512 or 512 audio, they sent over a few microphones, which is really, really cool. And we were kind of going through them. I've never used really any of them before. And if I reach over here, so if you're watching the video version, you can see this. For the past week or so, I've been using the uh, 512 audio Skylight which is a really cool condenser microphone. It sounds it sounds great. A lot of people keep telling me that it looks and sounds like an air filter, and it does. And then people have been sending me pictures of air filters. But you know what? Maybe it looks like an air filter because that's how it gets such clean sound. Yes. So I've really been liking this microphone a lot. It's also a real nice, heavy microphone. Uh, but one of the other ones that they had sent over, like I mentioned, was the one that I'm actually using right now, which is the WA-47 Junior. And this one is interesting. When they when they had their email where they were like, hey, you know, if you want microphones, we'll send you some mics and and whatever. They, they, they didn't express any sort of, you know, preference for please use this one, please whatever. But I could kind of tell just through, I guess, reading between the lines or unspoken, unwritten words that they were more, it seemed like they were most interested in this microphone and what I would think about it. So immediately out of the box, the Skylight, the 512 Skylight was like great sounding, super usable. Whereas the WA-47, I feel like needs a little more, it just has a different sound. Not good, bad, but just different. And I feel like it might need a little more, um, it might need something to sound its best. And I'm not saying that as a criticism of the microphone, I think that comes down to me because as I understand it, this microphone is uh, not a copy because it doesn't really look like it and it's not exactly the same, but it's, I guess, highly influenced by 
the Neumann U47, and that's where the 47 comes from. So the capsule that's inside here, even though the microphone itself looks different, the actual capsule is based very closely on the Neumann U47, which is a very famous, very popular, very expensive microphone <laughs> and a very good sounding microphone. But also this one here, and one of the reasons they send it to me is because this is one of the microphones that one of my favorite bands, the Interrupters, use and some of their albums, and that's really cool. So it's fun to find a new microphone and to be able to use something that, you know, I've I've listened to like some of my favorite songs and stuff are recorded with this microphone. So I know it's a good microphone. I know it's got a really interesting history and a story behind it. And to make it sound its best, I need to I need to learn more about how to bring the best sound out of it. So today I'm using it pretty um, pretty bare bones, just sort of out of the box into the roadcaster. I don't think. Actually, I don't think I have too much processing, if any, turned on. Um, so this is kind of just the sound. It's a very, it's like the most directional condenser mic. As soon as I move off axis a little bit, you can hear the sound changes. So it's like, I really need to, uh, if you're watching the video version, my face is kind of covered by the mic because I'm trying really hard to make sure to speak directly into the front of it. But it's a really cool, it's a really cool mic. and It has some nifty little features that I'm excited to learn more about. So that's what I wanted to use today while we did the podcast. And uh, if you're wondering, that's that. And I'd love to know your thoughts on it. Or if you have any suggestions or feedback, that would be cool. So that way, maybe I could learn something. And as always, you can always send those things, whether it's just a message or written message or an audio message or a video message to Tom at enthusiasmproject.com. Hey, Tom, why are you um, pimping out the contact email at the beginning of the show? Well, Tom, that's because not many people take advantage of it or or just aren't interested in using it, I guess I should say. But um, I did have one person who was very excited to take advantage of the contact email. And that is uh, what we're going to kind of focus the beginning part of today's show on. So, if you're not familiar with Gil Dormius, who is just an all-around awesome guy, we've talked online for a long time now through like comments and direct messages and stuff like that. And, um, you know, we've sort of been online acquaintances for a while. And I feel sort of, it's weird, like, I feel like jealous a little bit, <laughs> you know, in a good way. Um, because I should have reached out this invitation a long time ago, but... I didn't. And Jared Spink invited Gil on his podcast, The Hive Podcast, a few weeks ago. And it's a really, really, really good episode. So I definitely recommend that you go check that out. Um, and I'll put a link in the show notes too, if you want to check that out, because uh, Gil's an awesome guy and his perspective, his point of view are really, really cool. And not only is he awesome to be on that episode and to always be kind and supportive to me, but he's also uh, sent in some video messages. So I think, and I don't mean to speak for you, so you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think maybe these were like, hey, you could do this, you know, week to week to week. So maybe I have three weeks of messages, but I'm just going to go through them all at once because they're great. And also, not only are they, are, is it great, you know, questions and a comment, but uh, the audio quality, like, it sounds really good. And then the video quality for those watching the video version, you know, his studio, his setup and everything just looks really great. And it's fun to see that. So I wanted to share all those. And they kind of then tie into the bigger topic that I wanted to talk about anyway today. So you ended up creating the perfect intro segment to um, to this episode. So I'm really, really excited about that. So let's start with the first question from Gil, and uh, then we'll go from there. Hey, Tom, I promise this is the last question. As a content creator, what is that one thing you need in your vehicle to make your life easier? For example... In my vehicle, I need to have an outlet. I need to have the ability to plug a artificial light, uh, Roadcaster Pro, charge my laptop. Because if I'm on set and I need to plug, I need to power something, I'm good to go. Just, you know, get my truck or car in the middle of like a field or a forest or a beach where there are no outlet. I can just, I'm good to go. So that's what I need. Uh, what is something that you need in your vehicle as a content creator? Great question. That's actually a really good question. And I, I am playing these out of order. So that's why you're like, this is the last one I promise. And it's the first one to hear today. But they sort of had a natural flow for how I wanted the show to be structured. So anyway, <laughs> uh, that is just a cool down to earth question. Like what is something you need in your vehicle? 
And I live in Southern California where, uh, you know, if you're somebody who lives in like the San Francisco Bay Area or New York or another big metropolitan area, you might be like, I don't even have a car. I haven't had a car in 10 years. And so it might not be as relevant. But in Southern California, it's a very car-based place. Like you need a car to get around. And uh, I don't do a ton of like client work and stuff like freelance work, uh, especially anymore. So power, like you mentioned, is really important. Being able to charge things, being able to connect stuff, that's huge. I have been very interested in those like portable power stations. Peter Lindgren did a really cool video on some of them where he like set up a whole studio in the middle of the forest in Sweden and had like full on lights and computer and like a coffee maker and stuff. That's really cool, which I guess isn't directly car related, but power is very important. The thing that popped into my mind is... A space in the car. So my current car is a Toyota RAV4, which I know is not the most exciting vehicle in the world, but I got it in 2016 and I had wanted a RAV4 since like, I don't know, the early 2000s, since I was in like late high school, early college, which is because it seems like such a practical car. It's it's not super huge, so it it's easy to drive. It fits into parking spaces. It's not like you need to, you know, make accommodations to fit your vehicle, but it's also really practical. It's, you know, it's a little taller than a regular car. It's sort of, you know, it's like an SUV, so you have extra space. And in the five years I've had that car, I've put so much use into it. Like, I can't tell you, it's pay, ah, it's just so good. <laughs> it's so good. And it's funny, too, because prior to that, I had a Toyota Corolla, which was also a very practical car, you know, great gas mileage. It was super comfortable. It was bright blue. So I liked that a lot. Um, it had a pretty big trunk so I could, you know, carry a lot of stuff in it. And but it, but I would get limited by it sometimes just because it was a regular car. And that car was getting up around the 100,000 mile mark, which it's a Toyota Corolla. Like it could go on several times more than that. But the there was one day I was like thinking like okay you know usually around here is when you're going to need to start doing some maintenance on the car I kind of want a new car like I want like a bigger car and I was literally like going to the grocery store and I passed by the Toyota dealership and they had a RAV4 like right in the front that was even brighter blue than my Corolla was and then immediately I was like I gotta get that's the car (laughs) and so like and that's the car I ended up getting and I didn't know they were like coming out with uh RAV4s and that. And then a couple years later, because mine's a 2016, in 2019, they came out with Forerunners that were in an even better blue. And I kind of like, oh, the Forerunners, like the RAV4, but with even more space and stuff. I think my car is paid off now because I've had it for like five years. So, and it doesn't even have, it's just about to hit the 50,000 mile mark. So it's, it's great. It's in good shape. It's paid off. And I like it a lot. So it's a, a nice place to be in terms of cars. How this relates to the question that you asked is that car, because it like the seats fold down flat, um, this specific generation of the RAV4 like has, of all the midsize SUV cars that are out there, similar to the RAV4, this one has like the largest amount of space inside the cargo area. So the seats fold down totally flat. The, I don't know what it's called, but you know, the, the bottom of it is low. So it's not only easy to load stuff in, but it gives you more height inside the car so that you can pack in a lot of stuff. And that is what has been a lifesaver for me when it comes to camera gear, studio gear, that kind of stuff is being able to fit in um, everything from like props and studio building tools and equipment or set building stuff to just lots of camera gear, tripods, light stands, uh, soft boxes without having to even collapse them down. Like just having the space in the car to store everything safely and securely has been really really great and then when the seats are up this is a simple thing that i know a lot of cars have but i really like it if the seats are up and you just kind of put stuff in the back of the car behind the back seat there's like a little black cover that you can pull over and and hide it so when people if someone were to look in the window they can't see anything instead of just saying like here there's like camera bags and stuff over there and that's really really helpful so just the practicality of my toyota has been uh, it's just been awesome. <laughs> I love it. So that's, I don't know if that's like the direct answer, but that's, uh, that's my answer for, for what I needed in my car was practical ability to carry lots of stuff easily 
without having to like, you know, totally just Tetris everything in altogether. So that was a great question. And I'm uh, interested to know if other people have any car related things that are super helpful to like your audio video production workflow. I know there's a number of people who use their cars as podcast studios because you might live in a place that's not ideal for recording, but your car is like this portable sound booth that you can move somewhere and then record whole episodes in there. So that's that's kind of cool. Um, anyway, question number two from Gil. Let's check that out. Hey, Tom. So I want to know, what's your craziest story of a subscriber or a fan who just saw you in public and was like, oh my gosh, it's Tom. Like, has anybody ever like ran into you? I mean, of course they've run into you and say, hey, you're the guy on YouTube. But what's your craziest, um, like weirdest encounter with a subscriber or fan? I uh, really like this question because it is something that has never happened to me. Uh, which is really funny. And yeah, so I've never, ever, ever had anybody recognize me or say anything or or whatever. Uh, maybe now it's been a few years, like since I'm able to go to something like VidCon or something. Maybe if I went to something YouTube specific, there might be like one or two people who are like, hey, I think I like your channel or I hate your channel. Uh, but that otherwise has never happened to me. It's happened to tons of other people. I know like friends that I've had, uh, which are re- it's just really fun. And it even happened to Heather years ago when both our channels were significantly smaller. We were just at the local county fair because some of my high school students had like, our school had an FFA chapter, which is Future Farmers of America. And it's like an agriculture program. And so part of it was they raised animals throughout the year and then show them at the fair. And so we were going to kind of like check out like the cows and the goats and stuff that the students had raised. And we were walking in like the barn. There's like farm animals everywhere. It's it's like stinky. It's full of hay. There, it you know gets in your eyes. It's it's not like the most pleasant or glamorous place to be. And uh, Heather walked in. She had like you know her bright purple hair at the time. And this one girl was just sitting on a haystack. And she was like, "Hey, are you on YouTube?" And I was like, "Oh, yeah." <laughs> um, and that was that was really funny. And uh, that's it. I've never, I've never gotten recognized. I've only recognized other people. And I think, I know I told this story recently. I honestly can't remember if I told it on this podcast or another one. So pardon me if I um, repeat myself. But when I was at VidCon 2019, which was, I guess that was the last VidCon. And that was also the first and only one I've gone to so far. As I was on like the convention floor, I saw Adam the woo who has a like a travel adventure channel largely based around like disneyland disney world disney theme parks but also just general sort of um like travel adventure things he's been doing it for like 10 years eight years something like that he's been doing it forever uh at the time his channel was at like maybe the 300 350,000 subscriber mark i think he's closer to 700 now so you know it's grown quite a bit but he's great and his, his videos are super just like down to earth and fun and casual and I saw him walking, he's a, he's a very, very tall guy. I saw him walking around the convention floor with, he just had like a Sony, it looked like a Sony RX100. I don't think the ZV-1 was out at the time. So I think it was just like the, an RX100 or something like that on a little Manfrotto pixie tripod and was just like filming some stuff. And I was like, whoa, like not only seeing someone that you like and recognize, but seeing them do the thing that you like them for is really cool. You know, it wasn't just like, oh, look, he's, eating a sandwich over there but it's like oh he's like making a video and then I could in a couple days I could go watch this video that's super cool and I saw him and I was like really excited and of course of course Heather was like you should just go talk to him and I thought no 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 he's working I don't want to I know he's on literally the convention floor of a video convention like it would have made perfect sense to that's a moment to you know say hi to someone but I was like I don't want to interrupt I don't want to do anything and then I thought okay if I see him again I will say hi And so a few hours later, we were outside of the convention center and there's like a big fountain area. And I don't know what they were like, I don't know what was happening. There was like a performance of some kind or something and people were watching and I looked over and he was there like filming the thing. And I was like, oh, he's right there. And Heather was like, you should go say hi. And I told her my same thing about, I don't want to interrupt. I don't want to be annoying. I don't, you know, I don't want to be that person. I'm just, it's cool to see someone I like. 
And Heather said, well, you don't have to stop everything they're doing. You don't have to interrupt them. You don't have to be annoying or a nuisance. You can just say, hey, I love your channel and just like go along your way. I was like, oh, that's really, that's really slick. I like that. And so I, I practiced this and I did this so smoothly. It was like the perfect execution. So I, was, I thought, okay, I'm, we're going to go back inside. So I'll walk by him. And when I see him, I'm going to say, hey, I really love your channel. You know, thumbs up. And that's what I did. So I was walking. He looked at me. And like, clearly, it was the look of, you know, he saw me looking at him and knew that I recognized him. And I just said exactly that. Hey, I really love your channel. It's awesome. And he was like, thanks, man. And then I just kept walking by and like bolted into the convention center but this was the one time where it really looked like he was almost ready to then go into a second sentence or something like, hey, like, follow up question. Let's talk for five minutes or, or whatever it might be. And I just bolted out of there. <laughs> and Heather was laughing so hard because she she even said he looked a little confused because you just sort of ran away after saying hi. Uh, and I think that was one of the times, I think that's an amazing strategy when you want to say hi to someone you admire and you don't want to bother them or get in the way or be that annoying, like, you know, fan or whatever. But in this case, I think it would have been completely fine to sort of hang out and talk for a minute. And I didn't. And it, I think it confused him. And so I feel bad about that. And I still, I have that feeling when you remember something where you like cringe at yourself remembering it, but it's really funny, which is why I'm telling the story now. And I probably, because I flubbed that experience, I think I remember it more than I would if I had just, if it had been a very nice, like, Hey, what's up? Oh, can we get like a picture? Here we go. Click. Okay. Bye. I think the, the goofiness of this actually made it more memorable, at least for me in a way. So I don't have any experiences of being on the other end of that where anybody has like, oh, wow, that's the guy. But uh, I have experience of being the <laughs> of being the person that, that finds the other guy. I do remember early on in my YouTube fandom, uh, when I was first starting to find like camera and video channels on YouTube, it's probably around 2013, 2012, 2013. One of the big channels that I watched all the time was Dave Dugdale, who his channel's still up, but he hasn't posted a video in like two years. And I know he's still active doing stuff, but I just guess it's not YouTube related anymore. And I love Dave's videos. I learned so much from them. I still rec you go watch Dave's channel. It's great. And he's from a small, I forget what town it is. He's from a small town in Colorado. And I went to a teaching like professional development session where the trainer, of course, because the school district, instead of like paying a teacher to lead the training, is going to hire a consultant from out of state for four times the price. But she was from that same small town. And this was specifically like a digital storytelling professional development. So it was like video production, you know, video communication, that kind of thing. And I thought, wow, she's she's into the world of video. She's from the same small town as this guy that I really like. And I remember going like, oh, yeah. Um, I actually know your town because Dave Dugdale's from there. Do you know Do you know of him? And she was just, I've never seen anyone have more of a blank stare other than like my freshman students when I asked them, you know, a critical thinking question or something. She had no idea who I was talking about. And that's when I realized, oh, it's different. So just because the person has a large following online doesn't mean that people in their normal day-to-day -day lives realize that. I've even heard Peter McKinnon talk about that at least a few years ago. It might not be as true now, but... You know, he's he's a very big name on the YouTube platform, especially in the photo video space. But I've heard him talk about when he's just in his hometown going around or just, you know, about his daily life. He's not, it's not like Brad Pitt walking around where every, everyone in the world recognizes who that is. And there's like a buzz that this person's around. It's, which is kind of cool. Like, it's kind of cool that you can do something notable and be notable, but also then be able to just mesh into the regular world and not have to deal with all of the terrible stuff that you know more traditional well-known people have had to deal with so i think that's actually kind of cool so anyway if you see me in the store or wherever feel free to say hi <laughs> you could be the first person to ever do that but that was just a funny question and so the next video or the next clip from gil is not a question but a statement and this is going to be our nice transition into some other stuff that i wanted to touch on today Hey, Tom, 
How's it going? Uh, I love your podcast. I love your YouTube channel. Um, I just I just love your content. It just makes me feel good. Uh, you help me a lot. Uh, I, <laughs> yeah, you give a lot of good tech advice. I got a lot of good tech advice. But more importantly for me, it just helps me feel so good that, you know, I'm not the only one who just likes to just talk about tech content creation in general. It's just fun to just watch you, man. It just feels so good. Uh, it just feels good. I don't know how to explain it. I'm pretty sure all your other uh, subscribers and and friends and th- they all say the same thing. It just feels good to watch you, somebody who's just honest. And I don't have a question, um, but I just feel like your content is so good. Um, it just makes me feel good. I'm selfish. Like when you drop something on your Discord, I'm like, I'm going to tune in. And it's funny because this week has been really crazy busy for me and the Couples Table podcast uh, live stream um, dropped and I wasn't able to tune in. And I always told myself, let me just tune in a little bit later. And today um, it is now October 1st. I'm editing some photos for a client. I said, you know, it'll be a really good background. Um, The Couples Table. Let me just tune into the Couples Table after the stream and I did in the first couple of minutes. <laughs> you mentioned my name and my, my, my other computer's on the opposite side. And I just hear, what? <laughs> it just was so weird. It's like somebody calls your name out and you're like, what, are you, what is happening? <laughs> so thank you so much for, uh, for, I don't know, what am I thanking you for? Just thank you for being awesome. I really appreciate you. Um, yeah. <laughs> thank, thank you. Gil, thank you for that. That one made me laugh. You're like, I don't even know what I'm thanking you for. Um, but I appreciate that message. That that as that kind of message, as somebody who's been, you know, making stuff for a number of years now, is probably just about the best thing I could ever hear. So I really, really appreciate that because it's it's great when people are like, Oh, I love your videos, I trust your reviews, or I learned something. That's really cool. But knowing that you can make something that other people look forward to, not just for the content itself, but because they, they, um, you know, because of how it makes them feel is really, really cool. And it does remind me of being a teacher when students would say, you know, I love your class. And sometimes I would feel, sometimes I would feel bad because I would, you know, my students would be so obsessed with like the joke of the day or something goofy like that. And I would think we need to, learn about J cuts and L cuts and color grading and all this, you know, important stuff that I'm supposed to be teaching you. And they only care about the goofy things. And then I really realized that at at least, you know, for that context of dealing with teenagers, the most important thing to do is, is provide a space where they're happy and excited to be and everything else is kind of secondary. And it's like the most cliche, cheesy teacher slogan that you hear a lot when you're a teacher. And it's, it's a, they won't remember everything they learn, but they'll always remember how you made them feel. And it's, you hear that so many times as a teacher or a variation of that, that you just want to gag every time, but it's actually entirely true. It's one of the most true things. And and you realize that that's even possibly the most important thing. And it's really rewarding and makes me happy to know that a similar thing is happening with YouTube channel and podcasts and all that, where it's not necessarily about the content specifically of the video or the purpose of the video, but it's about the overall just feeling of diving into, you know, this world for a little bit and then getting to enjoy spending some time there. So I very much appreciate that. And I think that that, if nothing else, for someone who's wanting to be, you know, a content creator or make something or put something out there, I think the possibility of that happening is something that, that, means you definitely should give it a shot to see because you never you never know you know I, I you can't plan for that it's just something that happens naturally through your own personality through your own the world that you create and just as you know there are people who end up liking it that also means there's people who are going to dislike it but focusing on the positive is it's really it's it's amazing and it's so funny that you bring up the like I just put it on the background and heard my name because I think if you get in the world of content creating, you start to have those experiences, which are strange. Um, speaking of people that I 
have followed and listened to for a long time. One of them is Kevin, the basic filmmaker. Pretty much around like the same time that I started getting into Dave Dugdale, Kevin's videos started popping up. And he's full of really good information, but he's also got his goofy, you know, he's, he's just got his goofy way of being. And I really like Kevin a lot. And then we connected through like social media and YouTube comments and stuff. And then I got to be on a couple, like he invited me to be on a couple of his live streams earlier this year, which was very exciting. The day after I quit my job or the day after my last day at work, I got to be on one of Kevin's live streams, which is such a cool way to kick off like a whole new life chapter. And it is just really fun. And so just being part of that was mind blowing. But then it must have been maybe in like, April or May of this year, Kevin was on Jared's podcast. This is now the Hive podcast fan podcast, I guess. <laughs> so Kevin was on Jared's podcast and they're having a conversation. And speaking of my RAV4, I was vacuuming and cleaning out my RAV4 while I was listening to it. And multiple times in that episode, they were like, oh yeah, Tom does this. And when I was talking to Tom and people like Tom do that, I was just like, <gasps> like, they're, oh, like it was just, I, I think I even at one point went in and like, um, like replayed a part to Heather. I was like, listen to like what happened, uh, you know, this thing I'm listening to. It's so crazy. It's just crazy when that stuff happens and you realize that you're putting things out there and there there are genuinely other people on the other side of that who are getting getting that info, getting that content, for lack of a better word, and then doing things with it. It's like when you make a tutorial video or an instructional video and you put the skill out there or you put the technique out there and then you start to see it pop up in other people's work or variations of it because people aren't just going to copy and paste exactly what you did, but they're going to take that and then put their own spin on it and, um, you know, make these little innovations and stuff to it. And it's, it's a really cool thing to just sort of be like, I don't know if there's like a mosaic of everything that is being created and you can be, you know, a tile in that mosaic. I think that's really, really it's really fun and really rewarding. And uh, there's another, I mean, so the main thing that I wanted to dive into today was the way that creating stuff and putting yourself out there can, can build these, these relationships and these, these things can happen that you could have never planned for. And so just like uh, Gil heard his name on the couple's table a few weeks ago, just like I heard my name in Jared and Kevin's podcast a few months ago. Um, those kinds of things are really fun. One story that I really like is with Doc Rock, who's the Ecamm Live community manager. But prior to that, he was his own independent content creator. And he was also just sort of like the unofficial Ecamm ambassador, which is how he ended up getting the job as the actual paid Ecamm ambassador community manager. And Doc started showing up in like the couples table stream. I don't know whose video it was that he I don't know if it was Heather or my channel that he found first to like bring him into our universe. But either way, I'm glad that it happened. But he he would show up in couples table and offer a lot of helpful stuff, especially if we were talking about Ecamm, because it was around the time we were starting to use Ecamm. And he was like, oh, yeah, this you can do this with Ecamm. You can do that. It was also around the time Heather had been using an app to try to learn some like basic Japanese. Doc had lived in Japan for a while. So he's like, I think he's fluent in Japanese. And he, he was like giving her some some guidance and answering some questions. It was really cool. It was just a really fun thing. And so at one point, Heather was looking for just new shirts. And she was like, you know, if I'm going to wear a shirt, maybe I could wear other people's shirts. So that way it's like supporting people that in our community and in our world and stuff. And so she ended up getting one of Doc's shirts because also his his favorite color is purple. And so his design tastes and style they match heather's very well it's like a lot of black and purple and there was one day doc said he's told this story a bunch on his streams but he was basically like i don't know making lunch or something and had the couple's table on in the background and heather and i were talking and then he was making statement, and looked over and then saw that she was wearing his shirt and then he like lost his mind <laughs> and made a bunch of noises and stuff and th that kind of stuff is just it's really fun and when you start realizing that it's not just the one-way communication, like you put something out there and that's it, but there is the two-way thing that can happen, that's when you can start building some really cool relationships. And one of the things that 2020 taught us was that while there's no direct replacement for being in the same room with someone face-to-face, -face, having an actual, you know, no lag, no pixelated conversation, 
online friendships, online relationships, online, you know, communities and stuff are incredibly real, valid, and important. And for a lot of us, that's where some of our most valued relationships happen is through that kind of stuff. And you never really know where that's going to pop up. And I've I wanted to share today just some some of the most interesting stories that have happened that would never have happened if I just didn't put out a podcast or a video. And the reason I wanted to share that is because they're interesting, but also, again, to kind of be that encouragement of if you want to put stuff out there, you never know. You can look at subscribers, views, followers, revenue, those kind of basic metrics, but there's so much more. You know, the biggest one of these stories would obviously be that I met Heather on YouTube, like my wife I met on YouTube. And we've told that story many, many times. And that's probably the biggest example of, you know, a world-changing experience happening through something like this. But there's also just all kinds of other fun, small ones. Last week, I was using the Rode Pod mic, and which actually now is... It's on my wall back here. And the pod mic, I had that clip-on filter, the 3D printed filter that Steve and Tommy from Smart Home Rigs on YouTube sent me. So definitely go check them out. I appreciate everyone who sent them kind messages and things after last week's episode. That's awesome. So Smart Home Rigs with two Gs on YouTube. But they they custom designed um, a clip-on pop filter for the Rode pod mic so it reduces the plosives, but it doesn't take away from the the appearance of the mic because the pod mic does have a really cool visual appearance and it works really, really well. And I really liked using it. It's still, it's on the mic that's behind me, but um, it's funny too, because that mic was in. So anyway, sorry, where I was going with that was that started with them getting a pod mic based on my videos and then liking videos and then seeing that I had the solution of like, you can get the big fat road windscreen and put it on the pod mic, but it covers up the pod mic. It works amazingly well. It sounds really good. But if you like the visual style of the pod mic, you don't want to hide it. Maybe there's another solution. So then they took that idea of like, this is a really good microphone, but we want to solve this problem. Come up with this idea. Cool. Now we have our own little thing. And then they were able to send it to me and they're a father son team. So Tommy is in like second grade and his dad is 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 out of second grade <laughs> um, but they work on their youtube channel and their podcast and stuff together and it's really that's awesome it makes me really happy that that's a thing that they're working on and that again i could be a little tile in the mosaic a little piece of that journey is super cool and they had multiple of these little pop filters made and you know then offered to send me one and that was there was something about like opening a package where there's a thing in there that somebody put time into making and designing and figuring out and it was because of you know you were the catalyst of something that's it was just a weird in a good way like a weirdly rewarding just kind of I don't know magical is the word that popped to my mind as cheesy as that sounds and and then to know that you know through these tools and through these things this father and son are, are getting to work on this thing together and have this experience and build these memories together. And that that goes so far beyond any subscriber milestone or revenue or any of that kind of stuff that we talked about. And that was a really, really, just a really fun one. You know, speaking back to, to some of these situations, <laughs> I made my encabulator video, which is was just a goofy video that we talked about, you know, a number of times. It's just I'm sure you've seen it if you're listening to this. If not, you can go watch it on my channel. I also did a behind-the-scenes video on that explains the 80-year-old joke behind that. But it was funny because that video itself was... Like, a lot of people really liked it because it was goofy and it was a little different. I think people kind of, like, recognized that I was poking fun at, um, you know embargo videos and tech review videos and you know they kind of got the satire that was behind it and and had fun with it some people really really hated it which which makes sense when you do something like that that people are really going to hate it and the video itself like performed okay like it actually did really well when it came out and then afterwards it's you know it, it sort of just plateaued which is fine that's kind of what you expect something like that it's not a video that's going to bring in sponsorships and brand deals and take the channel to the next level and stuff but some of the connections 
that I, people who who never comment on my videos or never send me messages started sending me stuff because of that video. It just like it it just raised questions in a way that brought in and helped me to connect with other people in a way that I would never have expected. One of which is a really interesting story. So there's um so Rod, if you're listening, thank you. <laughs> because now I'm going to tell our story. Rod is someone who sent me an email a while ago and we started talking about microphones and um you know just we started talking about microphones basically. And I hadn't heard from him in a few weeks or we hadn't talked in a few weeks, maybe even a month or two. And then I did the encabulator video and he, you know, started asking questions about that. And like, what is, just started asking questions about how I could even take it further. And we started even mentioning like how to incorporate a Raspberry Pi into this little thing to make it look like it had some sort of functionality. And then Rod mentioned ham radio. And when I grew up, my grandpa was a ham radio operator and uh, it was sort of interesting because when I was a kid, we lived on our, we, we had our house and then literally two blocks down the street was my grandparents' house. So it was totally in walking distance. And that was really cool. And my grandpa, they had lived there from since the seventies and he had built a ham radio antenna like on the side of their house. They had a giant full on ham radio antenna. And then he had a little, uh, they had like a patio on the back of their house that he built into an enclosed room and that became like his radio room. So he had a, a desk with all his radio equipment. I still don't 100% understand everything that goes into ham radio, but it was, it was a thing that he did for years and every day for at least an hour in the morning, if not two hours in the morning, he would get on ham radio and talk to, you know, people from all over the, the country, I guess. Right. I don't know if it's international. <laughs> There's things I don't know, believe it or not. But that's like one of my memories of any time I was at my grandparents' house after breakfast, my grandpa would go into his radio room and I would hear the sounds of like, as like the radio was tuning in, and then you would hear like a fuzzy voice come over and then you'd hear these guys just having conversations. It was basically like a Discord server <laughs> pre, you know, pre-Discord, pre-internet and all that kind of stuff. And he did that basically forever. He ended up passing away in 2014 at the age of just before his 97th birthday. So he did ham radio for a really, really long time. And that was a very big part of of his life for a huge, huge chunk of it. And I remember specifically his ham radio call signal. Like you, you have to have your, you're not just like, hey, this is Tom up on the ham radio, but you have your, you know, letters and numbers that your call sign, I guess, that you that you use. And my grandpa like had his he had the same one forever. And it was literally he had a camping trailer that had like, boop, like the call sign on the side of it. He had little model. He had also been a pilot. So he had little model airplanes that like the tail number of the airplane was his ham radio number. It was just sort of everywhere. He was it's talking about him on here. Make he was a very interesting guy, but it really makes him sound like the most interesting guy ever. He was also into rocks. He was like a minor, like an old school, I will go like pan for gold kind of guy. So he was also into rocks and minerals and he would get rocks and he had like a big rock polisher. So he would, you know, cut them and polish them and turn them into things. And so he made a lot of little things that also had like his ham radio sign on them. It was, it was like his thing. And I never really thought about it, but then talking to Rod after this, uh, I mentioned that I was like, oh, ham radio, you know, I grew up, my grandpa was all into ham radio and, you know, but he passed away in 2014. And that's when Rod pointed out, well, you could look up his call sign and see what it's doing. And so he helped me look it up and he explained to me that the call sign has expired because it wasn't renewed. And so if I wanted, I could take like the basic entry level ham radio operator test, which is not a very difficult test or anything. I, I can't imagine it's even as tough as like the drone part 107 test. And then once you get that basic level of registration, you can request a vanity call sign and I could request his call sign. That way I could just have it. So that way it's not, it's not just being used for nothing and it doesn't just randomly end up with somebody else, but I could actually have it. And so that's something I'm in the process of trying to navigate through. And, you know, Rod has offered to help me kind of guide guide me through figuring out how to take the test and do all that kind of stuff. But I think that's really cool because 
I don't know. How, like, that's a really cool thing. It, it sounds small, but the idea that, like, now I could potentially have a way to have my grandpa's ham radio call sign. And that would, I think that would make him really happy and excited. It makes me really happy. It's nothing I would have ever thought of even being possible. And the only reason that happened is because, well, because I made videos about microphones and stuff that I was interested in, and then somebody was interested in those. And then because I made this really goofy video that that same person wanted to reach out again and dive into a deeper conversation. And then we just got to like, you can't plan for that kind of stuff when, when that happens. You just, you can't, you can't plan. You never know when those sorts of things, you just never know when those kinds of things are going to happen. And it's not about like, I feel like sometimes these ideas of the people you can meet and the people you can connect with tie in too far into like networking, you know, because there are a lot of people, Heather especially has a number of people who she started her YouTube channel, she motivated them to start their YouTube channels. And now they're at like, you know, the silver button, silver play button level and beyond like hundreds of thousands of subscribers full time, like all that kind of stuff. Like they, they you know, just completely blow up. And I think sometimes people want to kind of if they're not the ones that are like blowing up, so to speak, they want to sort of be able to ride those coattails of like, well, you want to connect with this person because when their channel does blow up, then you'll be, you know, in their circle. And that's silly. Like, that's just stupid, <laughs> honestly. That kind of networking, I'm not interested in at all. But the the networking of you just sort of have this global crew of people, everybody has, it's like a avengers on an even bigger scale everyone has like their specific superpower their specific skill set and you know it's it's really neat at a certain point when you start having questions or you start having a problem with something or you need help with something there's so many different people you can reach out to and you can just ask them hey this is what i'm working on you know like can you help me figure out this thing can you help me figure out that thing over there or you just have fun and you chat together you know going back to to doc rock and then everybody through the ecamm live community which is one of my favorite, you know, things on the internet. Just being able to spend, you know, evenings when someone does a live stream and somebody else pops on the live stream and you can just hang out in the chat and joke around or even jump on and just like it's a really fun way to just sort of hang out with really cool people that you would never meet otherwise and I don't know. I don't I just that's a, that's a part of like the YouTube or the content creation journey that I don't know is often talked about are these different relationships and these different experiences and these connections you can build that go so far beyond the practical side of networking and numbers and growth and like, let's do a collab because then I can push my audience to you and your audience to me. And we can like, that's, that stuff doesn't interest me at all. But this stuff really, really does interest me that, you know, just using the tools that you have, you know, you can just do it from your home <laughs> and then you can start connecting with people all over the world that you just never know where it's going to go. And, you know, this is just a, a handful of stories that I just sort of wrote down this morning as I was thinking about this. But over the four years, you know, there have been countless other ones. And, and sometimes I've had students even tell me, like I had a, a former student who graduated um, I think class of 2014, maybe 2015. They sent me an email not that long ago where they were saying, hey, like, how are you doing? I just wanted to check in. I found your YouTube channel because my college program, they're like a senior in college in a media program right now. They're like, yeah, we were working on something and we needed to look it up. And the video that came up to answer the question was one of your videos. <laughs> and they, they said, they were like, that's my old teacher. Like, what is happening? That's cool. You know, like the, the, the ability to do that is just really, really fascinating to me. And I love it. And all the different connections. I've talked endlessly about the ethics statement on my website, which one of the things I've talked about is it's helped build relationships with brands that ne you never really see on the YouTube channel because they're not sponsoring a video. They're not, it, it's nothing that's even relevant at all, but you just sort of build connections with people and it's, I get friendships or at least work-related friendships or genuine, whatever you want to call it. And you can have like these, I don't know, like the amount of time that I've spent talking to microphone designers and engineers who like are, we're just talking about microphones and nerding out about audio and them finding ways to sort of help me 
improve my audio, not because I'm using their brands of microphone, but because they're just interested in this stuff and I'm interested in it. You, It's just ah, like the amount of interesting people in the world is huge. And by putting your stuff out there, you get to you get to kind of be a part of that. And that's super exciting. So Gil, thank you so much for sending in those submissions because that was a really fun like jumping off point for today. Uh, I'm recording this podcast on Sunday, October 10th. So I will be posting the video version as soon as I can upload it. And then the audio version will go out tomorrow. So the reason I bring that up is if you're listening to this today or watching this today and you have that moment of like, wait, what? Uh, I don't know. I hope that's fun. And if you listen to this, if any of you listen to this and wanted to to also participate or contribute, Gil sent a pretty excellent example. You can always send thoughts, feedback, questions. It doesn't have to be a dedicated Q&A episode. But if you're listening and, you know, you, it's where you would normally leave like a YouTube comment because you have a thought, but it's a podcast, so you can't leave a comment that way. You can always send something to Tom at enthusiasmproject.com. You can type it out. You can do a voice. You can attach an audio file of voice, or you can attach a video file. I can include any and all of those, so it's entirely up to you. And it's a lot of fun for me. So if you have any thoughts or anything you want to include for next week, feel free to do that. It doesn't matter what the the show's topic will be. I will find a way to expertly weave it in there. We will be having a dedicated Q&A episode soon, maybe for the 100th episode. I want to do something special for episode 100. And I want to do one more Q&A episode this season before it ends. So we'll see about that. So coming up, but I'll always post a couple days in advance on like Twitter and the Discord and everything. Um, I'll post the prompt for Q&A. So if you have something you want to send in, you'll be able to make it. Yeah, cool. Well, thank you so much for spending your time with me this week. I hope you have a safe, happy, healthy rest of your week. And I will see you next time.